Hey everybody, welcome to the X Point. I'm Raven X, and today we have a very special guest. Um, a good friend of mine will be joining us during the NBA and WWE portion of the show because Biggie, aka Ethan Tate, aka somebody who is going to have some big news coming out the rest of the week, is unavailable, but for the best reason. So just know big things coming for Biggie. So everybody, you know, send your thoughts, prayers, and congratulations to him. I'll let him share his own news. But we got a cool show for you guys today. Uh, since it's just me, we're going to kind of keep it light with regards to football. I'll just give my takeaways as well as my game picks and uh, players that I'm watching this week. And then with the NBA, my good friend who'll be joining us later on, uh, we're going to discuss how the Anthony Davis injury affects the Lakers and the progress it seems they've been making, as well as if the Chicago Bulls should retire Derrick Rose's number one jersey. And then with regards to the WWE, we're going to talk about the potential return of Vince McMahon and dish out some 2023 WWE awards. But before we get to any of that, please sure check out the xreport.net. I repeat, xreport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly and fellow export writers. Previous episodes are a lovely podcast on our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. So let's go ahead and take a look back at week 15 around the NFL. Starting with Thursday Night Football, the San Francisco 49ers defeated the Seattle Seahawks 21-13, officially locking up their NFC West crown. My Baltimore Ravens were taken down by the Cleveland Browns 13-3 after our offense could not do anything. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings completed the biggest comeback in NFL history, uh, overcoming a 33-0 lead against the Indianapolis Colts. Believe me, we will get back to that. Um, and the Buffalo Bills sewed up their playoff positioning after defeating the Miami Dolphins 32-29. to um, Moving on to Sunday's action, the Saints defeat uh, the Atlanta Falcons in Desmond Ritter's debut. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Bears 25-20. to Jacksonville wins an exciting overtime game against the Dallas Cowboys 40-34. to Detroit keeps their playoffs hopes alive after beating the Jets 20-17. to Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cardinals, I mean, sorry, the Carolina Panthers 24-16. The Houston Texans give it their all against the Kansas City Chiefs, taking them to overtime, but eventually losing 30-24. to um, And one of the wackiest endings to the game that we've seen in a long time, the Las Vegas Raiders lost to, I mean, defeated the New England uh, Patriots after a failed lateral pass by Jacoby Myers, 30-24. to the Broncos win the battle of the backups against the Arizona Cardinals, 24-15. The Chargers defeated the Titans, 17-14 in a close one. Bengals come back from 17 points down, 34-23 to beat the Bucs. A uh, controversial ending to the Sunday Night Football game between the Giants and Commanders. However, New York gets the win. And finally, Monday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers continue to stay alive as they beat the Rams 24-12. to I had a pretty solid uh, fantasy, I mean, not fantasy. Well, fantasy week too, but I had a pretty solid uh, prediction week. I went 11-5. and um, So let's go ahead and move on and look at some injuries, starting with my Ravens. Cornerback uh, Marcus Peters is slated to be out for the next few weeks after suffering a calf injury. The AFC South loses two great running backs. For first, uh, Jonathan Taylor is expected to miss the rest of the year with high ankle sprain. And Texans rookie uh, running back Damian Pierce is slated to be done for the year after being placed on IR. So let's go ahead and run through my takeaways, starting with number five. Zach Wilson was not the reason uh, that the Jets lost on Sunday. I mean, I think everybody was kind of excited to see what Zach Wilson was going to look like, especially looking at 
his last game he played against the Patriots, eventually getting benched, and the performances of Mike White. And I think that with what we saw on Sunday, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is a finished product or Zach Wilson is easily the face of the franchise in New York, but I do think he does have a legitimate chance to get better and get more chemistry. And I think this past game showed it. Sure, the Lions defense is not great, but I mean, you just look at what he was able to do. I mean, he's actually starting to spread the ball out more, was mostly accurate. And if anything, I would kind of fault the coaches' decisions and time management more than I would Zach Wilson. Moving on to number four, the Titans are in need of an offensive overhaul in the offseason. I mean, Traylon Burks has shown some nice flashes this year. Ogbonwo, um, I think it's his last name. I'm sorry. The Titans they drafted out of Maryland has also shown some solid flashes. I mean, they brought in Austin Hooper in hopes of like uh, bolstering up that tight end group. That really has not happened too much. Offensive line has really struggled. Um Everybody knows who Derrick Henry is. Everybody knows that the offense runs through Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry does not have a good game. Overall, the Titans are not going to have a great game. And, I mean, that pretty much showed he did have over 100 yards. But he was actually their leading receiver, which I don't even know the last time that actually happened because he's not necessarily known as a receiving back. However, I just think that it shows that this wide receiver group and this really offense as a whole in Tennessee just needs to be revamped. And I should know because Baltimore is going through a similar issue. And I think that – if you want to commit to Ryan Tannehill, if you want to commit to this team and, you know, being that ground and pound, that's great. But at least give more options around. Uh, like I said, Traylon Burks has been solid. Robert Woods has been pretty quiet. And then not to say he's like an absurd guy in terms of stats, but I mean, the, it's easy to forget he's even there. I just think that their defense is pretty solid as is. I think that they should really commit cap space as long as they're able to keep, of course, Jeffrey Simmons and draft picks to making this offense better because it cannot just be a one-man show. The NFL is way past those days where it's one man or nothing. You have to have more than that. Uh, Number three, Dak Prescott looks like the Cowboys' weakest link. Now, before I interject, the last interception, the one that went for a pick six, was not his fault. The receiver should have caught the ball. It bounced up. Rayshon Slater just had perfect positioning. You can't really do too much about that. But it just seems that the turnovers have been a major issue. And sure, the Cowboys are putting up more points, but that's mainly because their defense is really good at creating turnovers. That defensive line is adept at getting pressure, uh, creating sacks, which presents worse fields, forcing teams into passing situations. They let their wide receivers and linebackers do the rest. Um, and then that run game has been terrific. I mean, I've been a huge advocate for Tony Pollard. Um, Ezekiel Elliott in recent weeks has been fine as well. It just seems that Dak is holding them back. And I think that when you get a guy like Dak Prescott, who's given so much money, you have so many expectations for him. I feel like a quarterback, a step above, like not, you know, a crazy jump, like a Patrick Mahomes or even a Joe Burrow, but just somebody a little bit better. I can't think of a name right now, but it's going to come to me when I, when I'm not thinking about it and I don't care, but just, it just feels like, I feel like the word, the term game manager gets thrown around a lot. And in some cases, it's not totally fair. I think that Dak is like a step above a game manager. But I do think that they need a bit more. Like a Jalen Hurts, for example. Prime example. I think if they had a Jalen Hurts in the system, I think that the Cowboys would be a Super Bowl contender, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But right now, I just feel like I don't. They have the potential to do it, absolutely, but I don't trust them. And the biggest reason for that is because I don't trust Dak to be able to get it done in those really big situations because he really has yet to show that, especially in the playoffs. That could change, but as of right now, I do think he is their weakest link. 
Moving on to number two. The Texans' record may not reflect it, but Lovey Smith deserves another year as their head coach. One win, what, 11, 12 losses in a tie. Typically, that spells disaster for whoever the head coach is. However, when you're looking at the Texans, I mean, they have really been giving it their all as of late. And they've been really interesting. Like, for example, uh, lost by just a touchdown, a last-second touchdown in overtime to the Chiefs. Pushed the Cowboys to the limit, made it a four-point game, 27-13. Uh, can't really say the same for the Browns. But, like, as of late, I mean, they have been giving teams who should blow them out of the water a fight. And I think that's something that should be acknowledged because of Lovey Smith, because especially that defense, that defense is much better than many people, including myself, anticipated. I think a lot of people are excited to see what that offense would do, what Davis Mills would look like in another year, Nico Collins, Damian Pierce, et cetera. But this defense, without having a crazy amount of stars, has been able to get it done and has been able to keep things kind of, or at least as of late, keep things from getting too out of hand. I mean, it sucks about Derek Stingley. I wish he was able to play, but on the whole, I think the Texans, in large part because of Lovey Smith deserve a little bit more credit. Um, and then last but not least, my number one takeaway is it's safe to say that the Jeff Saturday experiment has not worked. After that first win against the Raiders, it's like, okay, maybe they have something here. And then, I mean, the Colts still went on to be mostly competitive against the Eagles. Then the Colts, I mean, the Cowboys game happens and it looks like a joke. And then you fast forward less than a week later and then you have them facing the Minnesota Vikings, a team that everybody knew was going to make the playoffs. High-powered offensive tag, 33-0 lead at halftime. Everybody's thinking, oh, snap, the Colts can really do it. And just the collapse that took place. And I know a lot of flack is going to fall on Matt Ryan because of his resume and because of his history, which I mean, is totally fair. I get that. But man, this is terrible. It's it's so bad just watching this team because it's like you, you're expecting something to click, just something to, to take place. You know, Jeff Saturday, they talk about the energy he brings in and how he holds everyone accountable, blah, blah, blah. Well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No one cares because clearly they can't hold on to the largest blown lead in NFL history. And I get it. Jay Jettis is a bad man. Dalvin Cook, bad man. Daniil Hunter, bad man. My boy Patrick Peterson, bad man. Adam Thielen. I could go on. The Vikings have a great roster. But if anybody has given up a lead that big, somebody's head's got to roll. And publicly, it may be Matt Ryan, but truth be told, it really should be Jeff Saturday. I think this little interim head coach thing, this failed experiment yeah it's got to end in the offseason I think the coach are going to be in due from big big changes across the board all right let's go ahead and move on to my most impressive player I'm going to throw that out to quarterback Trevor Lawrence who's been a guy we've talked about quite a bit over the past few weeks both positive and negative but this time is definitely for positive reasons against a pretty good Cowboys defense he overcame a 21-7 halftime lead through to 318 passing yards with four touchdowns and I mean, really stayed calm, cool, and composed to help get his team in a position to make it to overtime where the defense made the play. So shout out to him. Speaking of that game, my most impressive defensive player of the week is going to go to his safety, Rayshon Jenkins, who had 18 tackles, two tackles for loss, two picks, including that game-winning pick six. I mean, how often is it that for back-to-back weeks I'm highlighting the Jags defensive player? It never happens. So shout out to him uh, for a strong performance. My most disappointing player... Every single person who suited up and took the field, with the exception of Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday, for obvious reasons. And my rookie of the week, I don't think I could go anywhere else besides uh, Colts 
I mean, I'm sorry, not Colts. Uh, Giants outside linebacker slash DN Kayvon Thibodeau. Been constantly waiting for him that breakout performance, having that big game, and he absolutely had that Sunday night. 12 tackles, a sack, which ended up being a strip sack that he returned for a touchdown. I mean, that guy was any and everywhere. So shout out to him. All right, let's go ahead and make my game picks for week 16. Playoffs, man, they're rapidly approaching, and so many teams are in must-win slash playoff clinching situations, including my Ravens. So let's go ahead and make our picks. Starting with Thursday Night Football, the Jacksonville Jaguars will head up to New York where they will face the New York Jets. I got Jags. Uh, New Orleans Saints headed to Cleveland. I got Saints. I feel like they still have something to play for. Um, Atlanta Falcons versus the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are well-known for not being nice to rookie quarterbacks. I don't see that starting this year. And whether or not Lamar plays, I think that the offense has to has to be much better. I don't understand why Greg Roman has not been fired. I promise I've gone a lengthy soliloquy about that, but still got Baltimore. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals headed to New England to face Patriots. I got Bengals. Uh, Buffalo Bills versus the Chicago Bears. I got Bills. New York Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. I got Vikings. Detroit Lions versus the Carolina Panthers. I got Lions. Seattle Seahawks versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's going to be a fun one, but I still got Chiefs in the end. Houston Texans versus the Tennessee Titans. I know I was hyping up the Texans and how competitive they are, and they could make this a very competitive game, but I still got Titans. Uh, Washington Commanders versus the San Francisco 49ers. As much as I like the Commanders to make it, I mean, win this game because I'd rather see them in the playoffs over the Giants. I feel like they'd be more competitive. I'm still going 49ers. The 49ers are a much better team overall. Uh Philadelphia Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys. Jalen Hurts' status is up in the air as of right now. It's looking like Gardner Minshew is going to start. And I think it's really going to show whether uh, it's Jalen Hurts that's making the Eagles so good or the team. Personally, I think it's going to be the team, which is why I think they're going to beat the Cowboys regardless. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going Steelers. Uh, moving on to the Christmas games, the, the Green Bay Packers oh, heading to Miami. I'm going with Miami. Denver Broncos versus the Los Angeles Rams. My brother-in-law, Russell Wilson, is coming back. I'm going Broncos. And Sunday night, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Arizona Cardinals. I got Bucks because, I mean, the Bucks better win this game. And finally, Monday Night Football, the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Indianapolis Colts. I got Chargers. Uh, now moving on to the players that I am watching this week offensively, Lamar Jackson. Um, it's still kind of up in there if he's going to play. Uh, in terms of the timetable, this is when he was slated to come back. Either way, I mean, there's been so much made that Lamar Jackson want to come in and immediately fix this offense. Unfortunately, I've watched quite a few games where Lamar has played the entire game and it has not had the desired effect. He has not exactly been great, if not sometimes not even good. Uh, so I don't know if that's the case, but I do think it provides a different element that uh, we don't get with Tyron Huntley. So I'm excited to see what he's going to look like. Defensively, I'm watching TJ Watt. Yeah, everybody knows, hate the Steelers, blah, blah, blah. But I love me some TJ Watt. And I think that if they are going to slow down um, a Raiders offense that, of course, has a Devontae Adams, Darren Waller just got back. Josh Jacobs has been having a great year. You have to be able to affect the pass. You have to be able to get a pass rush. And who better to do that than TJ Watt, especially since there's such a long-standing history and rivalry between the Raiders and Steelers. It seems like a prime day for uh, TJ Watt to go crazy. And my rookie I'm watching is Kayvon Thibodeau. Like I said, 
early in the show. I mean, he's been a guy who I've been kind of waiting to have that breakout moment when waiting for him to go crazy. And I mean, he's done that this past week. How do you build off that performance, especially uh, with the Giants going up against another high-powered offense like the Minnesota Vikings? You're going to have to get that pressure to keep the ball out of Adam Thielen, of course, Jay Jett is in Dalvin Cook's hands because I would take though that tree over anybody that the Giants have on their back end. And Timo calling out is the Ravens. I mean, last week's game offensively was just unacceptable. Our defense did everything they were supposed to, had an awesome game, but offensively we just could not get it done. Like I blame, put a lot of that blame on Greg Roman. The way that we just abandoned the run late in the game, particularly in that fourth quarter is insane, especially because J.K. was looking good, Gus was looking good, etc. No disrespect to Tyler Huntley, but you're not the guy. Um, and with that being said, I just we have to be better, especially because I want to be the playoffs. We have an opportunity to clinch a playoff spot either with us winning and the Jets or the Patriots losing. I don't remember all the scenarios, but either way, as long as we win, we're handling our business and we're making the path to the playoffs easier. So how about we do that? But right, let's go ahead and move on to our NBA section. Everybody, now, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a very special guest joining us. It is my good friend, uh, going for the world record for the longest time spent in a fetus, my good pal Embryo, aka Chris Waters, aka what was your nickname? Water or something? What was it? Uh, what? One that you claim to have. I don't remember. It was something with water. Um, that I was like, this I, is goofy and it sounds stupid. I don't remember. I don't recall. I don't remember. I mean, uh, the was good enough. <laughs> Not good enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. I mean, you are. I call you embryo for a reason. But yeah, yeah. despite all your time spent in the womb, you are an avid basketball and WWE fan. So it's going to be a blast and a half to have you here. I just want to say before we get started, I'm older. Allegedly. <laughs> it is always allegedly. So, you ready to get started, buddy? Let's get started. Let's get started. I'm happy to have you. So, this first question is directly towards you. So, there's been a lot of trade rumors going on, especially with the trade deadline a couple months away. And one team that has been wrapped up in it have been the New York Knicks, who reportedly are making available for trade Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, Derrick Rose, and Emmanuel Quickly. Now, last week, Ethan and I kind of talked about the players that I think the Lakers should go after. I mentioned Cam Reddish being a nice fit. But you're an avid Grizzlies fan, literally got the logo tatted on your arm. So I would love to know, of these four players I just mentioned, which one do you think would be the best option to bring to Memphis and why? That's a tough one, um... We we'll definitely go with the young guys because our team is very young. So I would like Cam Reddish or even uh, Fournier. But uh, a lot of people, when they talk about John Moran, they talk about he's just uh, younger or they like to say he's just a rip off of, um, you know, prime Derrick Rose, which I can see where they're coming from. And um, I think we, we don't need Derrick Rose, but I think he would be a good bet to talk to about John because John kind of plays the same way in – Derrick Rose knows how it feels. He knows how you should land. And I just feel like he would be first Memphis loves Derrick Rose. But, okay. um, 
I feel like he'd be able to give him more insight on everything, like what to do and what not to do. You know, uh, how to keep yourself healthy with this form that you're playing with because Ja plays super hard. Super hard. Um, but that's one thing we're missing on this team is uh, veteran leadership. You know, we have Danny Green, which I love. He has three championships, so, you know, he can talk. And um, he's not like um, Eagle Dollar that didn't even want to show up. Sure didn't. He wants to show up and hangs around the team. And we just need that. Like, this team is very talented. Um if I had a personal choice, I honestly wouldn't trade anybody right now because I don't know who really even fit with the Grizzlies. We have a good team. We built through the draft. And um, everybody just seems to be a family. And, like, everybody knows their role. That's one thing you got to love about a team is everybody knows their role. And um, I just think the only thing we're missing is veteran leadership. So I guess I would go towards Derrick Rose, but not, not for playing for us. More of just being that veteran uh, leader in the locker room. Because Derrick Rose is – been through it all. I mean, he hasn't been to the finals, but he's been, he's a good playoff veteran. Um, he knows a lot of things and he can definitely talk to Ja since Ja kind of plays how Derrick Rose used to. So, I guess I would go with Derrick Rose, Box, for veteran leadership. I like that answer. I think that would make a lot of sense. You know, I'm a Lakers fan, but I have a lot of love for the Grizzlies. And like you mentioned, I mean, no matter which player they would go after, like, it's, I don't think it's a reason to mess up the team chemistry if you don't have to. I just think that the team is working so well. It's even with, I mean, it being so few games where Desmond Bain and Triple J and Ja have actually been on the court together. They're still looking like one of, if not the best team in the Western Conference. So I do agree with you there, but I do think that Derrick Rose, like you said, could provide a lot of really good veteran leadership. And I mean, plus it'll be a nice Memphis reunion. Who doesn't love a reunion story? Oh, yeah. Great Memphis reunion. Just a Memphis side note, um, some people say which, um, it would have been a tough uh, series last year with the Warriors, but a lot of people can say if John Morant didn't get injured, maybe that team was good enough to get out the West. You know what I mean? Uh, it, let's say we did beat the Warriors. It would have been a tough um, matchup with the Mavericks because the Mavericks just turned us up last year. It's just something about that guy, Luka. But, um, yeah, I think the Grizzlies are in a good spot. We're like we're well or machine, got a good coaching staff. Uh like I say built through the draft. I don't think it's really a reason to mess that up. Um, I just don't think it's a reason to mess it up. We got our superstar, everybody know their roles. Let's just see how far we can go. It's funny you mentioned Luca because we talked about this when I get back in Memphis. We're going to the Mavs game. And oh, gosh. I'm gonna be the good luck because Luca is going to get shut down. He's not going to have a game, a crazy game. He is going to get subdued. Everybody for the Grizzlies is going to be healthy, and I got Grizz by 15. Grizz by 15. I got the Grizz winning. I wouldn't say by 15. It's just – I feel like it would be a tough game. It's just the matchup against the Mavs, kind of like the Timberwolves last season, which I called it. Everybody thought it was going to be a sweep in the first round. I'm like, no, the Timberwolves match up with us pretty well. It's going to be a tough – win. I knew who's going to win the series. It's just, you know, this. a lot of sports is about matchups. You might be the best team, but it could be that one team that just matches, the, the matchup is just horrible for you, and that could make a whole bad decision. That's right. <laughs> that is a fact. But we kind of mentioned reunions uh, a few minutes ago, and there's possibly another reunion on the arrival. Now, as we all know, couple years ago, LeBron gets to L.A. Everybody's expecting to to blow the team up to bring in another superstar. They get A.D. Players like Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma are out of the door. But 
there is a chance that a possible L.A. reunion could take place. Kyle Kuzma, who's actually having a pretty solid year with the Washington Wizards, is reportedly interested in coming back to L.A., and it seems that L.A. is also interested in having him back. Recently, he tweeted out... Uh, <laughs> Let me find the tweet because I thought it was pretty interesting. Recently, he tweeted out, nothing like getting off the plane and that F California breeze hit you. To which Donovan Mitchell replied, tampering, and Trey Young replied to that tweet saying, basically. So, I mean, hey, look, Lakers are another team that have been struggling with injuries, but unfortunately, unlike the Grizzlies, we have not really been finding a way to win. Like I said, Cosm Kuzma has been having a pretty good year, averaging 21.3 points per game, 7.7 rebounds, three and a half assists. However, the Washington Wizards have been playing like garbage. So could you see a reunion taking place between the two? I would love to see that because, uh, I mean, the Lakers will take out of help they can get. They've been playing good recently, and um, I will give credit with that. And Westbrook coming off the bench has been amazing. Got to give Westbrook his props. He was trash all last season, so now you can give him his props as he's playing. Um, I don't want to say great, but we're going to say, you know, way better than last year. So we got to give that man his props. Um, I would love to see uh, Kuzma back in a uh, Lakers uniform. I mean, the tweet wasn't wrong. It's not, it's just, it's, it's, Look, I then got off the plane in L.A., and it was amazing. Oh. Um, I miss it, the palm trees and everything. I'm getting sad just thinking about it. Oh. Um, I know, i got to step outside of Memphis. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would love to see it. I could really use him. Uh, you know, his three-point shooting, just a young guy. Um, he, he, You need a scorer. He can score, just put it that way. Yeah. Um, but I don't see it happening because I feel like if they try to get him, you have to give up a player in a first-round draft pick, and we know the Lakers are not doing it. So, I don't really see it happen. Maybe you get another team in there, probably. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, get another team in there so it can just be a, a nice big trade. But I would love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, do you think it's going to? I don't know what they can do to uh, get him there in L.A. Yeah, I'm on I'm on the same side as you. I think that a straight up trade between the two teams, I don't think it could take place. Possibly adding a third team in there. Now, I don't think the Lakers would have to use a first round pick on Kuz. I think that they could try to find a way to like work around it, whether that be maybe trading away Patrick Beverly and uh, Kendrick Nunn, maybe uh, Juan Anderson, maybe. But yeah, straight up trade, I'm not sure. But I do think that it will work out for both sides. I mean... Everybody knows I love me some Bradley Beal, but the Wizards right now are not exactly competitive. The Lakers need an extra boost, especially with AD out, somebody in the post who can kind of help provide some scoring. And, I mean, Kyle Kuzma has been really consistent in his role thus far. I would hate What I would hate, though, is that if we did get him back and then he kind of reverted back to the old Kyle Kuzma who's very inconsistent and, like, still trying to figure out what his role would be, and he just kind of went back by the wayside the same way that he did a few years ago. But I think yeah. as of right now, if the Lakers could find a way to do it and not trade away a major asset, which I mean, honestly, they only have three major assets at this point. I I, I think it could be done, but I just, I'm not sure that the coups we're seeing right now is going to carry over to LA. And that would be my biggest worry. Yeah, because he has to, uh, he's more free with the Wizards. Um, he won't be that free with the Lakers, but I mean, let's be fair. The only good thing about the Wizards is uh, Bill gets his money. That's pretty much it. Like that man is counting his money. But I wish, speaking of Bradley Bill, that um, I wish he was somewhere competitive and was playing somewhere where he could actually go for a championship. But hey, 
when it's all said and done, he's gonna be counting that money, so you can't get mad about that. Sure can't. Um, I don't know if you saw the uh quote he had. It was either last week or the week before, but he was like, really in free agency, there was nowhere. Like, there really wasn't much interest. And he was like, there was nowhere that I felt like I could go where I could win. And how I how I took that to me was like, nobody else was offering you $250 million. If he, if he would have said that I had 250 million reasons to stay in Washington, I don't think anybody would blame him because I'd stay in Washington for that much. You wouldn't have to tell me twice. Kevin Owens said, I stayed with WWE because it was just the best choice for my family. Basically saying, You want the money. More money than AEW. So nobody's going to get mad for you getting the money. But at some point, like, Bradley Bill is a great player. I just hope he doesn't get done with his career and have regrets saying, Maybe I should have went there and tried to get a championship or there. But I mean, like I say, you can't get mad at anybody getting their money. You know, you can't do this forever. And like, yeah, look, I don't know if I would say no to $250 million. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't. <laughs> so I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. It's fine. And especially because, it's like, yes, the team is bad. Everybody knows that. But, I mean, you're making good money. And worst come to work. And by the time his contract ends, he could be traded. I mean, it's no – of course, like, it won't be as much esteem around him because I think it'll be one in his mid-30s or something. But, I mean, players have been sticking around forever, and as long as you can shoot, you can get a role on a team, and he still is a really good shooter. So, I think that he one day – I could see him leaving. I'll say this because for a long time it was, like, between him and Damian Lillard, which one I could see leaving their squad first. At this point, I don't think Dame is going anywhere. So, I think Bradley Beal at one point – I think at some point he is going to end up leaving. Well, you can't be done with Dan because we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. But before we get to that, injury news, as I mentioned, Anthony Davis is going to be out for at least the next month after suffering a right foot injury, which is just another injury going through an extensively long history of pain and suffering for not only AD, but Lakers fans since acquiring him. And to be fair, AD was on a roll before he got hurt. Honestly, since the what the end of November, let's say November twenty second. No, actually, bump that. Let's say since November eighteenth against the Pistons, he has only had what one, two games where he has not scored at least twenty five points. His ad was averaging a double double, twenty seven points, twelve um, rebounds this season. And the shooting 59% from the field. So we I talked about this a lot about whether or not I feel that AD can carry the torch for the Lakers once LeBron eventually leaves and or retires. But the injuries continue to pile up. And it's so weird because you get these crazy, insane games like the 55 and 17 game he had a few weeks ago. Fast forward to, man, this brother is going to be out another month. So I know as a Lakers fan, I'm really on edge about whether or not I trust AD to be the guy. But on the outside looking in, what do you think the Lakers should do? Should they continue their commitment to AD to carry the torch and be the next guy after LeBron leaves? Or do you think that they should move on at some point? All right, so a couple things about AD. That injury, I hate it happen. Um, I mean, it's just another page in the book of injuries for him. You know, um, he was playing great. 
always liked AD. Um, I, I think we're done seeing the AD from New Orleans, even though he just had that little um, 55 point game. It was just going on a roll, honestly. Uh, I really think that AD is gone. I feel like just personally, that AD left once he got that championship. Some some players, great players, when she's a great player, they play and they fight for championships, and once they get it, they pretty much like, you know, I can just get my buddy chill. I got my ring. A lot of people don't have theirs, whatever. That's what I feel like happened to AD. But um, I hate the injury, and I really thought he was gonna be that player to take the torch from LeBron. But I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna do it. And if he wants to, I think just injury prone. Like he's young, but he's only getting older. So history tell, like history says, it's gonna get worse. Basically, yeah. um, not wishing that on him. But um, I personally feel like uh, when LeBron leaves, I don't think he's gonna retire. LeBron already said whenever his son gets in the league, he's going to go wherever his son goes. Right. So I feel like his last season is not going to be with the Lakers. But I feel like whenever LeBron decides to leave, um, depending on if Andy just turns the coin completely, he's just playing like Giannis um, and not getting any injuries anymore. I'd say keep him, try to build around him. But if the injuries continue, and um, maybe he goes back into a slump like he did kind of last season, but he was dealing with a lot of injuries last season as well. I feel like you should probably trade him like they was thinking about this offseason. Um, the Lakers, regardless of what people say about the Lakers, oh, they get rid of all their young players for AD. They got a championship. Some people say their championships don't count. I think their championship does count. Um, every championship counts. I don't care what nobody says. Thanks. Everybody went to play. The world was on lockdown. These people left their family to go play in this bubble. And the Lakers won. I watched their finals. AD did amazing. Um, but it wouldn't be a shame if LeBron left to blow it up. You got your championship. It's time to rebuild and start over. I mean, that's the reason you're keeping your first-round picks. You know this is not going to last forever, and you want to keep your first-round picks so you can start rebuilding it sooner than, rather than later. So um, I don't think AD is going to take that torch. Um, I, I, I wish he would. I really wish he, he was. I mean, it's supposed to be AD, Westbrook, then LeBron. LeBron is about to be 38. Is, is he 30? I think he's about to be 38 this week or something. I can't remember, but... He's about to be 38, and he shouldn't be doing what he's doing, which I know we're going to talk about that later. Um, like, LeBron is just amazing, but uh, I don't see AD taking it. You know, I just don't. And I see LeBron leaving, and uh, maybe they're trying to hold a little hope for AD. But sooner or later, I see them either – I don't think AD will leave. I feel like they'll trade AD. And probably Westbrook as well. He, uh, just leave, blow the whole ship up when LeBron leaves and start rebuilding again. A.K. rebuild is suck for a few years until they can entice a superstar to come because L.A. does not do rebuilds. We I love my Lakers. I do. But we are not a team. We are not the Warriors. We are not the Grizzlies. We do not have the patience to sit around and wait for these young guys we draft to get it together. Like case in point with the guys I mentioned earlier with the Coozes, the B.I.s, the Lonzos, etc. No, we're going to ship y'all off to get a guy who we feel like can help us win now. And I feel like that's going to end up being the case once that eventual rebuild takes place. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't think Lonzo, I mean, not Lonzo, I'm sorry. I don't think AD is the guy at this point. It's just, he, when he's healthy, he's great, but it's so hard for him to stay healthy and the best ability is availability. And he simply has not been available. But, yeah. I just put that hunger left. You have that hunger when you're trying to taste that championship. And I feel like he got it. And the hunger just went away. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. He reached the mountaintop 
and you know, you reach the mountaintop. Like I think KD said one time, I, it wasn't what he expected. I think you know what I mean. Maybe it wasn't for AD. Maybe he just felt like he had nothing else to prove. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. I mean, he he's a great player, but like I said, it's just the injuries it makes it so hard to have faith in him and like when you're in new orleans you can get hurt all the time but i mean everybody knows you're the guy and it's like what else do the pelicans have to look forward to it's fine but in la it's like either you're here or you're not and if you're not giving the team what they need you don't really matter all right let's go ahead and move on uh adam silver who has been a beacon of change since taking over as the nba's new commissioner uh, recently said in the interview, I don't have a specific timeline right now in terms of an expansion, but there is no doubt we will seriously be looking at Mexico City over time. Now, this isn't the first time that Adam Silver has mentioned Mexico as the next uh, place to house an NBA team. However, should it be the next place? Personally, I think that they should get back to Seattle before looking at other places. But what do you think? Should Mexico City be the next home to the NBA squad? Um, I, I wouldn't mind it. Um, I was more towards, like you said, Seattle or Las Vegas. Uh, I know they were talking about Las Vegas. I could see Vegas. Um, I could definitely see Vegas. Uh, it's just money's been made there. You put an NBA thing, wow, just more money. You know, money moves the world. Um, I would think if, uh, if, you, if we just had to choose between the three, I would say probably Seattle because um, they used to have a team and people wanted back. And uh, but I would, if not that, Las Vegas, Mexico. I just would have never thought, but why not? You know what I mean? Keep the keep keep the keep it moving. Keep building the um, you know, keep building the NBA up. So I have no problem with that. Uh, yeah, I'm not against it. You know, wherever you want to put it. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't matter what team or where you put it. You know, the grease is gonna stand tall. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. Now, but then that begs the question of, so is the NBA going to? just move a current team or are they going to have to create two teams because you have to keep it even uh why not create two teams you know what i mean uh what conference would must go be that's that's what i was thinking too because like all three of the t- the cities we named i want to say are western i know las vegas will be considered western and i know seattle would be too so would mexico city have to be like an i don't have a map in front of me. Would that be considered Western too, or how would that work? Well, I'm not judging you about the map. Well, I'm happy, you know, I made it out. But um, oh, I don't know. We would have. I mean, okay, let's talk about this. Who's gonna move a team? Which team do you think will be moved? That's hard. Um, Sacramento. Uh, maybe. They have enough teams there anyway. They do. And, I mean, it's not like the well, Kings. The Lakers? I mean, uh, the uh, Clippers? The Clippers are – they're getting a new arena. Clippers, it don't matter what Clippers do. They're always going to be second to the Lakers. Oh, 100%. But, I mean, L.A. So, they're getting a new – they're building a new stadium for them. So, they're not coming out of L.A. Uh, um, the Raptors going to stay in Toronto. Well, I'll Yeah, I mean, they're not a big enough – it's four. Uh, Sacramento. Lakers and Clippers. Clippers. I feel like it was a one more, but those are the teams there. Um, in Cali? They could definitely, definitely, you know, move Sacramento. I mean, there's nothing to lose there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just choosing teams. I mean, I, I, I would think all the teams are happy where they're at. You know what I
debate after it'll be a new team. And I, I will push for new teams because there's two new teams that mean there's more people in the NBA, right? Yeah. More but, people getting that bag. You can't get mad at that. You're absolutely right. And then I think it would make the conferences more competitive, cause especially because like with two new teams, like you don't know what to expect. And plus it will give more free agents jobs. So I, I'm on your side on that. I Also, I think that they should go ahead and just make two new teams and we'll go from there. I don't know how long it's going to take, but that'll be fun. But all right, you ready to play a game of believable or buffoonery? Well, actually, do you know what believable or buffoonery is? Okay. So the game of believable or buffoonery is where I will read you comments made by whether it be an athlete, a coach, a pundit, whatever. And you tell me whether you find it believable as if it is true or there is a semblance of truth to it or buffoonery as in this this is cap. Like all, pretty much every, almost everything that comes out of your mouth being cap, like, yeah. That's what buffoonery is. Okay, great. So let's go ahead and kick things off with Tom Thibodeau, current head coach of the New York Knicks and former head coach of the Chicago Bulls who talked about his former Bulls star Derrick Rose and said he deserves to have his jersey retired. I'd love to see it. What he did for this organization in this city, he's a Hall of Fame player. Derrick Rose, when asked about those comments, also mentioned that he would enjoy having his number retired by the Bulls for his family and for those who have supported him. So believable or buffoonery, the Chicago Bulls should retire Derrick Rose's number one jersey. Tom Thibodeau said it first. Not the point. Not the point. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say yes. Uh, Derrick Rose did a lot for the city. Everybody in um, Chicago loves Derrick Rose. Um, besides the Jordan era, I mean, has he really been that much hype since him? You know what nope. I mean? Um, exactly. I remember that team. Um, I still got I, a jersey. I, I, exactly. So. I would say yes, and I, I just think he's one of those characters that's, he's turning, because I don't know how long he has left in the league, I'd say a couple more years, because he's still wanted. I feel like he's turning into like the Vince Carter guy, where everybody likes him, nobody hates you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like at the end of Vince Carter career, like, everybody just like him, you know, Vince Carter's going from team to team, and um, I would say yeah, I, I think it'd be nice uh, to show that, you know, even though you know you didn't bring a championship here, but you you gave your all to this team, and um, wow, I'm just thinking back. Imagine Derrick Rose just stayed in his prime without injuries with that Jimmy Butler. Oh my gosh, Joe Kim Noah. Um, oh my gosh, ten for ten guys. Taj Gibson. That was a squad. I used to love the Bulls. Oh man, fun times. Yeah, blame Bron Bron. Um, I'm gonna say believable as well. I mean, looking back, I mean Chicago. He is literally Chicago's son. The only time he really didn't spend in Chicago really was when he went to college in Memphis to play for uh, John Calipari. Went born and raised in Chicago. Went to Simeon High School. Wore the um, illustrious 25 jersey in honor of Benji. Gets drafted high by the Chicago Bulls. Wins the MVP. Youngest NBA player to ever do so. I think it's only right they retire his jersey because one players who have done less have gotten their retire their jerseys retired. But also, I mean, yes. just looking at what he meant to that organization, as you mentioned, ex after Jordan, they went through the Bulls. I mean, went through a time where it was rough. Like Ben Gordon was good in his days there, but he had no type of feel or impact the way that Ben. I mean, I bet I'm sorry, the way that Derrick Rose had. And so I think he d absolutely deserves to get his jersey retired because he helped to make the Bulls relevant again. 
And sure, he didn't bring any championships there, but he gave Bulls fans the first time since Jordan retired hope that they could be champions. I agree. I think that's being in agreement. All right, so next up, we have Adam Silver, who um, in a recent interview said, I would be hugely disappointed if certainly in five years we haven't seen our first female head coach in the NBA. I love the stance. I love it. Go women. Women are great. But I'm calling big buffoonery on this one. I think the best bet for a woman to be a head coach in the NBA was Becky Hammond because she had spent so much time with the Spurs and even got to coach a few games when uh, Greg Popovich was unavailable. But at this time, I'm calling buffoonery. I don't think we're going to see a woman coaching the NBA for much longer than just five years. All right, so that's funny. Uh, you know, I researched that, and um, I was going to definitely say Becky Hammond. Um, I don't watch Spurs games, not because I don't like them. I just – it's just a lot of games. Going and also, on. it's hard to watch Spurs games because they're not on TV most of the time. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, you know, just like being busy working all that. Um, but I was definitely thinking her. Um, I couldn't remember her name at first. And, uh, I was like, I definitely thought she was the first, um, you know, she's going to be the first female coach in the NBA, which is weird. We haven't had one yet. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people are scared to do it. You know, nobody ever wants to be the first one to do it. And I thought the Spurs was going in the right direction. Okay, let's just get our uh, – let's creep it in the door. Let's have the first female. I don't think she – was she the first female assistant coach in the NBA? I'm not, I'm not sure. I, she wasn't the first, but she was the – she has actually coached NBA games. She was the first ever yeah. to do that. So I think that was like, you know, showing like this can happen. You can do this. And I definitely thought she was going to be the first one. I thought she was going to be the one to bust through that door. And then I saw she um uh, she's coaching um oh, the Aces right just won a championship. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like so, which I'm happy for that, but it's just like I don't know. Um, I feel like she was going to be the, the person that opened up that door for other female NBA coaches, you know, to become uh, NBA coaches. So I'm not sure. It could definitely probably happen in five years, but we got to see like you know. I feel like it's going to have to be another uh, female coach probably comes in as an assistant coach. And maybe it's a coach that's about to be leaving out the door and, you know, just get grooming her and getting her ready because it's going to be a tough spot. You already know how this world is. It's going to be mostly, probably all, but I would say mostly men that don't think a female can coach other grown men in NBA, which is dumb. Um, I mean, a lot of people know better, more sports about me. You, you know way more sports than me. And um, uh, I, I hope it happens in the next five years. Do I see it happening? I'm gonna say no, but I won't. I, I, I can. I hope it happens. I put it that way. Yeah, like I said, I think it'd be dope to happen, but unless an NBA team gives Becky Hammond the bag enough to where she wants to leave Vegas, I don't see anybody else aside from her doing it. But, I mean, there are plenty of women who I love to see, like Lisa Leslie, who one of my all-time favorite basketball players, period. Huge Sparks fan. I mean, and she coached three-on-three three, uh, Ice Cubes League for a minute. I think she won a championship as a coach, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. She's great. I would love to see her coach. I don't know where she'd coach. I, I'll say this, though. I don't think it'd be a big market team that would do it. Like, I can't yeah. see a L.A. or a Boston um, – Golden State, like excluding the coaches that they have now, I think it would have to be like a smaller team that would take the plunge. Yeah, also a smaller team just in case it fails. You know what I mean? It won't be on the world, you know, on big spotlight. I'd say somewhere like San Antonio would have been a good spot for me. Um, San Antonio, 
Um, I'm sorry, Sacramento. I'm just throwing you in the bin today. Sacramento, um, Washington Wizards. I can see them getting a female coaching. I know it's the capital, but the Wizards, you know, I can see that. Uh, it, it needs to happen. Um, it's just about who has the the guts to do it first, you know. I'll be rooting for whoever it is. Unless it's the Celtics, then I can't. I can't do that. I can't. I, I can't do the Celtics. Low key, after the whole Ma Udoko situation, they low key do need to save face. So I mean, hey, look, if y'all give me not a hundred million dollars, I will take it. Uh, but. Uh, I do it. But speaking of big money deals, that was the case for Damian Lillard, who signed a big extension this offseason with the Portland Trailblazers to remain with Rip City. But this isn't about the contract. This isn't about loyalty. This is about where he stands in, among the all-time greatest shooters. Following the game, he had a recent comment where he said, I always see stuff on social media where they talk about the greatest shooters of all time, and they always act like it's just crazy for people to mention me. Obviously, I think Steph is the greatest, but I think after him, I don't see why I'm not clear-cut in that discussion. Uh, what was that? Last night, he became the Portland Trailblazers' all-time leading scorer, which is dope, but Looking back at the course's career, believable or buffoonery, Damian Lillard is a top five shooter. Top five of all time. All time? All time shooter. Because he all said it's, it's disrespectful that people don't see him and he should be in that conversation. All time. Hold on. It's okay. Hey, look, I feel you. Yeah, he's, he's, he's saying it's. Clay Thompson. Okay. Clay Thompson is a killer. I know he hasn't been doing great this season, but Clay Thompson is a Overall killer. Overall, facts. Clay Thompson beat Steph Curry in the three-point shoot contest as an all-star game. He did. Um, he out-shooting Ray Allen? He's out, he not out-shooting Ray Allen. Okay. He's not out-shooting Ray Allen. So that's top three. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about I'm thinking about Reggie Miller for a second. Give me a second. No, take your time. You got, you got Reggie Miller. Um, shoot, I'm just thinking this generation. J.J. Redick. Uh, J.J. JJ was oh my gosh, he was a sniper. I don't care what nobody say. Um his high I, right now his I, career field goal percentage, I'm sorry to interrupt, is forty three point eight percent. Dave. Dave. He's had some great top moments. Top he said top five. He said top five. I still say buffoonery. Just shooting in general. Shooting in general. You think you think you can out shoot seven to eight? No. That's four. I've never just three point shooting wise. I want to put. Well, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I put them. I'm gonna do top. I'm just gonna do top shooting. We, we got Steph. We got Clay Thompson. We got Ray Allen. We got Kevin Durant. You see number five? I'm just, I'm just thinking for a second. I, I would bet. I would take him over James Harden shooting. Facts. I would. Um, I would too. Um. I don't know. I'm just thinking shooting like three pointers. Oh, I'm sorry, maybe because I just watch a lot of JJ, seeing JJ shooting. JJ, JJ had crazy. a smooth jump shot, a real he smooth jump shot. Off the screen, he didn't dribble the ball. He was kind of like Clay, just screens, running the floor, catching the shoot. It was amazing. Um, but I'm gonna, I don't want to say being nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Dame as number five, but JJ. It's close, and I know I'm missing a lot of people. I'm, I'm, there's so many great shooters in the NBA and in the past, where I just can't remember all of them. 
because I know, hey, maybe Ray, Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller was. There. Reggie Miller was you know a dude. I mean? Yeah, I, I really could put Reggie Miller in number uh, number five. Um, but I really didn't want to put KD in there. We just talk about shooting in general because we talk about like because you bring in mid range. Oh my gosh, uh, Demar Derozan mid range is just ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, I was going for for three point wise since he brought up Steph Curry. So I had to put Steph as number one. Clay is number two. I'm sorry, I got to put Clay. Clay. Fair. He should have been in the top 75. I don't know how he didn't make it. I actually said he should have been in the top 75 over day. That's, that's what I said. But, you know, whatever. I mean, did I, did they make it? Dame made top 75. Clay did not. See, that's why I differ because I think Kyrie should have made it over Dame. Yeah, Dame shouldn't have been in it. Kyrie and Clay should have been in it. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah, like, I'm not saying Dame don't deserve it. I'm just saying. Dame hasn't, I mean, he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Sniper for sure. Championship as soon as LeBron went to LA, they won a championship the next year. 
I mean, but uh, Kawhi, let's not act like Kawhi Leonard's presence didn't play a big role in that. Yeah, but I, I said they could have won a championship with DeMar DeRozan. Once LeBron left, I said their team was going to win a championship because they was good enough to win a championship all the years. They kept running into LeBron. Now, tell me, though, you got to admit, like, while that shot against the 76ers was cute, that took some luck. That last that second, took luck. that took LeBron. some luck. Luck or not, it went in. And it absolutely did. But, but um, continue. Back with James Harden. He changed the way they appreciate the game. Um, In a bad way. He made the step back more deadly. You know, Paul Pierce said he brought it. You know, whatever. I mean, if we're talking step backs, I mean. His step back was crazy. James Harden, the step back. I'm not going to say he better than him, but he made it popular again. But I will say officiating because he's free throw line. That made him so deadly. He knew how to. Get the officials to call fouls. He knew how to draw fouls. So they changed the rules, which I don't know exactly. You know, they changed the rules to where, um, you know, I forgot. They look at stuff differently. Try to see if the offensive player, um, I guess, calls it or whatever. I don't know the, the words that was in the rules. Oh, you're talking about like yeah. if if you're like leaning into a foul or like clearly trying yeah, to like, get fouled. Okay, yes. Now that is true. He did do that. He changed the game in that way because as soon as like, they like implemented the rules last year. Yeah, last they, season. Whenever they implemented it, like James Harden was complaining. He was like, I think they're like focusing on being done. But he was like, you was the one doing it. They realized yeah. it, was, it was crap for the defensive player. So you changed the game in that way. Okay. He changed it in that way. So it's really, I, I say it's true because he changed it in that way. Okay. He probably didn't mean it when he said they coming, but no, that's the way he changed it. I'll never forget those days with the Rockets. That man just lived at the free throw line, but he knew how to do it. Yeah. And the rules is in his favor, so I can't really blame him for that. We try to win games, but now they change the rules. What can you do now? Yes, you know, because he he's not, he not shooting like he used to. No, um, I don't know. Is it because I don't know? I don't know what happened to him. I guess he like uh, what was his name? Darren Williams just woke up one day and said, "I can't do it no more." Yeah, man, Darren Williams. I <laughs> never I'm been a jazz cold, fan. Cold, I love me some Darren Williams and Derek Favors. I did love them. Also, oh, Derek Favors. They one day. Nah. nah, I'm I'm good. I play <laughs> basketball for a living. That's crazy. I ain't never I ain't never seen this game before. You know what? If, because I forgot all about the officiating changes, you are absolutely right. I will change my answer because it is believable. Now I because admittedly. When I read it, I instantly thought he meant like he changed it like he was so like provocative and such a guy who was like so unstoppable because that's big. Yeah. At the free throw line, yeah. Nobody can stop you as long as you make your shots. Oh, they they did it was so sad. Finally, Darren Darren Williams gets to play with good players, like, and then he just man. Utah drained him. Utah took everything out of him. Yeah, that's when he was with the Mets when he started playing like garbage. Yup. Was that was he on the Mets team? No, Mets team. I no, because he was with Utah, and that's when he was the star. And then he finally left Utah because he was like trying to recruit players to come with him, like at the Olympics. They're like, "Nah, we're not going to Utah." Because I'm trying to think. Yeah, was he on the Nets team that like pretty much just got all the Celtics rejects with KG and Paul Pierce? Uh, 
Mm. Look at them. Celtics still benefited from that trade to this day. It's crazy. Shout out to Joe Johnson, though, who's another lethal shooter. And also, now thinking about it, I don't know if Dame is a better overall shooter than Joe Johnson. Oh, Joe, Joe, Joe Johnson. He's back in the league, right? I saw Joe. Um, I know he was with the league. He's not with the Celtics. I don't know if he's still there, but he, he did come back. Bad man. Yeah, that was a bad man. All right, so let's make game picks for tonight, starting with the Utah Jazz versus the Detroit Pistons. I got I got Jazz, I guess. Jazz, I said Utah Pistons. Oh, Lord, Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I mean, this is a toss-up right here. Who doesn't want to lose tonight, I guess? Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Utah. I'll go with Utah. I'll go with Utah. Um, just because they started off good this season. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, did everybody write off Utah? Is Laurie Marketing of all star? No. Hey, I was like, first to say, just wait. Just wait. <laughs> too early in the season. It's too late. It's too early. Okay. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm going with Utah. Felt. All right. Moving on to uh, the Chicago Bulls, who we just talked about versus the Miami Heat. I got Heat. I want to say Jimmy Butler. It's been bad. being in LA but then he got another he got a big deal like Bradley Bill did and I was like oh he's not leaving I would have loved to see him at LA he needs to be on the spotlight that man he deserves it you would think it's fine though alright Golden State Warriors versus the New York Knicks I got Warriors oh I got Knicks I don't I don't care that Jordan Poole just went off what do you go off for 44 something like, um, something like that I think uh, I got the Knicks Knicks is uh, they're a pretty decent team and uh, uh, you know where they're playing? I'm sorry, it was 43, and they're playing at Madison Square Garden. Oh, man. I got the mix. The Warriors have been playing awful on the road recently. They have. They have. And um, they just got to prove that. Like, Jordan Poole got to prove that he's back into form. Um, Clay got to get back into form. The team Clay been playing decent lately. Uh, I'm, I'm going to New York Knicks. Washington Wizards versus the Phoenix Suns. You want to talk about a team that needs to get back in the fold. I mean, four and six in the last ten games. They won their last three, speaking of the Suns, but I'm going to pick them, but I'm not confident in it. I can see the I can see Washington pulling it out. No, nah, no, nah, I got the Suns. I got Booker going for 60. You hear me? 60, okay. I'm Wait. Who just dropped like 58? Was it? I know. What's wrong with him getting two more points? It literally. But um, they've been playing horrible, and I feel like Booker's like, hey, NBA, hold up. Everybody's saying the window closed. It's not closed yet, which I personally think it is. But he's trying to tell me it's not closed yet. Let me go ahead and drop 60 on you. Let me show you what I can do. So, yeah, book more for 60. CP3. Like the Wizards can play defense anyway. That's back. CP3 washed. 
Uh, what's really considered wash for him? Because um, like even a wash CP3 is better than most point guards in the league. Uh, That's so, fair. That's fair. So um, and he's always gonna be a daily mid range shooter, but he's getting older, and unlike the Lakers, he actually has a torture. He uh, it was already in Booker hands when he got there, but you know, uh, Booker is leading that team, so. Uh, why CP3 is still straight? I guess I say a little bit. I say yes. Um, he just started playing bad the past couple of games. He was doing decent at first. He did drop twenty eight against my Lakers, so I get I give him props for that. All right, last but certainly not least, I'm sure a game that you care so much about gonna be on TNT tonight. It is the Memphis Grizzlies heading up to Denver to face the Nuggets. I got Grizzlies. Oh, I got Grizz. I feel like John's going to be super pissed that he got kicked out of that game. The next game. I mean, the Thunder game. Yeah, I think we was losing by like, I don't know, 17 or whatever. But it was only in the second quarter. Plenty of time to come back. We didn't see it plenty of times. Uh, Yeah, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. Like, okay, NBA, I want to kick me out for just speaking to a fan. Let me show you all something. Let me drop 30. He might drop 40. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, he is he is in Nikola Jokic's hood. He can get a triple double. Yeah, but um, I feel like the Grizzlies just after that. The Grizzlies been on a roll, um, for blowing out the Milwaukee Bucks to losing the OKC. I'm pretty sure the coach is pissed. Everybody's like, let's get back on track. So I think I think it's gonna be a good game. And I'm gonna say that I feel like uh, Jokic is gonna go. Uh, it's hard to slow him down. But I feel like with Jared Jackson and uh, Steven Adams, we got bodies to throw him that help us out a little bit. And um, it's really going to be up to the, other, the rest of the players on the team, which they can they got shooters on that team. So it's going to be a good game. But I got Grizzlies. I'm going to say it's going to be a close game. I got Grizzlies probably about like six or eight points. I can see it being a closer one. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the WWE, which I'm very excited to do this because it's been a minute since I've been able just to talk WWE like on the air. And of course, what is a WWE discussion without talking about Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Right, right. The man did a move. He moved at Vince Kennedy in the face. How do we feel about it? Will WWE like it is without? That is an absolute fact. And unfortunately, though, um. As we all know, he retired a few months ago, took some time off, giving the reins to his son-in-law, my guy, Triple H. And it's been, I think, consensusly a better all over overall better prof product. Yes. However, yes. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes. However, it seems that Vince McMahon is uh getting kind of tired of just sitting on the sidelines, and reports have come out in the last couple of weeks that he's thinking about making a return. While fans don't seem that happy to do so, in fact, they even have started a petition to prevent McMahon from returning to the WWE. Ric Flair addressed on his podcast the potential return of Vince McMahon and said he is entitled to a comeback. He said, well, you will not be seeing a single negative word out of me. I love Vince McMahon. I mean it. And I think that he should. He is entitled to whatever he wants. I'm telling you, shame on the people that do not believe so. He built it. Nobody else built it. Nobody helped him. He fought every war. Now, like you and I both just agreed, Vince McMahon did build the WWE up to where it is now. But does that mean he should actually come back into the fold? All right. So this is a deep question. Like we said, he made it what it is today. Um, that's what he did. And we like Vince. Uh, I, I hate when people talk about him and say, like, oh, he's just trash because 
back then, you know, Attitude Era, that's all Vince. Right. Stuff, some of the most classic stuff is all Vince. I feel like he's just like anybody, just like us when we get older. You get out of the times, you, Vince, Rick, they're all older guys, and they, they're not up to the new product. Vince uh, still used to only big men, no, not shorter men being superstars and all that stuff. And I feel like they that made Triple H better. Triple H, maybe he he grew up around it and was very successful in the WWE around that. But he was like, you know what? We need to change up a little bit. You know, well, you know, and Vince, and Rick, I mean, Vince did this a little bit. But, you know, women can wrestle. Let's give them more time on Raw and SmackDown. Let's actually give them longer than five-minute matches. You know, that's something I've noticed. Women are getting more of a spotlight and uh, having more, like, I think, like, last week. I don't think it was on this Raw. I think last week, uh, I forgot who it was, can't think right now, but it was a, you know, a women's uh, match, and they had like a good 10, 15-minute match, a good match. And um, that's stuff I like to see with ben, uh, with Triple H. He's making it a whole lot better. Um, Vince owns the company. I think he owns like 80% or whatever, so he can really do whatever he wants. And right. I think the board can tell him not to. Um, it's his business. He built it up. Is he entitled to it? Um, it's tough for me to say know when somebody put all their life into something and say they're not entitled to get it back. But to answer your question, I don't want him back. Um, the product was falling off. Yes, he still did some good things. I mean, the Roman Reigns stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's just personal to me. I didn't like he did. Breaking up the Hurt business. Um, um, For me, it's anything to do with Goldberg. People, like a lot of good talent. Follow uh, firing a lot of good talent. But I mean, it's his business. I guess he can do what he wants with the firings. I don't agree with it, but hey, it's his business. Um, I don't want him back. I feel like he will fall off. I feel like a lot of people are happy that um, he was gone. A lot of people are happy with Triple H product. I mean, Triple H is not perfect, but they're way more happier. Um, and just to come out and say, Vince might be coming back to take over. A lot of people that lost their jobs was rehired and I would hate to be rehired and the person that fired me comes back and now I know I'm probably about to get fired again. A lot of creative changes about to be back bad. Like uh, Austin Theory, for example, um, I didn't really like him when Vince was there. I know they was pushing him to be the main guy, but I didn't really like him. But I like what Triple H did with him. Uh, I like this new Austin Theory. Um, I just like a lot of stuff Triple H does. I think Triple H is more in the times of what people want to see now, and he listens to the fans more than what Vince did. This is more. This is what I want to do most of the time. Yeah. This is what I want to do, and we're going to do it this way. You're going to love it, and you're still going to buy tickets, which we did. Facts. Because I still went. I might have complained, but I was there. <laughs> I was in the building. Yeah, we're in total agreement. I mean, Vince McMahon, like, I think every wrestling fan, whether they admit to or not, has to respect what Vince has done for the business because not just WWE, but professional wrestling as a whole would not be where it was had it not been for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And I can imagine him wanting to come back just because this was his life for the better part of like 50 years. This was what he ate. He's, this is where he slept. This is what he breathed. Like this was everything to him. And just to have it all gone, I'm sure it's it's weird kind of having that adjustment in it with him being the workaholic and pretty much the control freak that everybody says he is. I can only imagine how hard it is kind of seeing his baby uh, being in the hands of somebody else. But with all that being said, that doesn't mean he needs to come back. I mean, he can come sit in, like, chilling gorilla, talk to people. That doesn't mean he needs to run the show. I think Triple H has done an excellent job. Of course, like, with anybody, you're not going to like every single thing he's done. 
But I think that the WWE feels more refreshed and I think it feels more it feels more fun than it used to. It feels way more fun. And two things. Um, I really feel like Vince wants to come back because I really feel like he doesn't like what he's saying. He probably he's don't. He's way opposite to what he would do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I feel like he's really against that. But at the same time, speaking of not being perfect, like Triple H, I know a lot of people hate what he's doing with uh, Gargano. Um, Gargano's just with Dexter Loomis, not wrestling or anything. But I feel like he's just doing that because he's waiting for Ciampa to come back. I know he was uh, injured, so he's probably waiting on the bigger storyline with that. But, uh, yeah, everybody's not perfect, you know. But I know one thing, WWE's better without Vince writing it, I can tell you that. No, I'm seriously. So far. This is the last night's Raw. Yeah, so with all you people complaining and whining and crying, just know y'all were on in tears losing it when Vince was in control. So let Vince stay at home. Let that man relax. But speaking of Triple H, that leads us to this next and final segment, and it is our 2023 WWE Awards. It has been a crazy year around the WWE, just from the top down with Vince's retirement to the returns of so many different wrestlers. We've had highs, we've had lows, we've had laughs, tears, and everything in between. And we're going to highlight some of those best and brightest moments right now. So let's start at the top with best male superstar of 2022. Who you got? Uh, before I say my answer, I want to just get some honorable mention. Seth, Seth Rollins putting on almost a banger every single time he touches the ring, no matter who he's wrestling with. Um, with Cody Rhodes, uh, just everybody. Cody Rhodes, um, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Riddle, Matt Riddle. Uh, Seth Rollins is just one of the people you give him anything. He's on the same boat with KO and Sami Zayn. You give them anything, they make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you gotta, even though I'm a huge Bobby Lashley fan, you gotta go with the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns. He's just on the whole other. Roman Reigns has finally reached what WWE always thought he was. Finally, he did it. They always want him to be this inner level boss, the main man, and he's finally that. Like, every time I see Roman, I do feel like he's the main man. He's the final boss. Everybody hated the new music when he first got it. Now, that music is just amazing. I feel like he's the male wrestler of the year. Um, <laughs> I know he doesn't wrestle. Uh, he's not on every show, but, like, Roman's that guy, you know. I'm a Bobby Lashley fan. That's my favorite guy, but I... Can't really see. Maybe you know somebody different. I want to hear it. But I just can't see nobody. Just, I haven't seen anybody just being better than Roman this uh, this year. Maybe Jay with his personality, because I love how Jay does his things too. But I got to go with Roman Reigns. As much as I do love me and Roman Reigns, and I do acknowledge our tribal chief, I'm going to go Seth. Like you said, every time he steps into the ring, you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be magic. And I mean, that starts from the beginning of the year, from Royal Rumble to where people were legitimately thinking, hey, maybe he can take the title off Roman because he didn't lose. He He did win that match. Yeah, to so from that, and then you look at just how great everything he did with Seth Rollins was. His matches with Matt Riddle were pretty good. I mean, the Bobby Lashley stuff, getting the United States Championship first title he's held in 
over a year. I mean, I know that Seth Rollins, like in terms of like the big titles or whatever, he didn't win them. But in last night's promo with Austin Theory, he said, it's not the title that makes the man, it's the man that makes the title. And despite not having many championships this year and only holding the one he had for less than a month, Seth Rollins proved why he is arguably the greatest wrestler of this generation. So I got to go. Yeah. So, uh, we talked about this out of the shield, I feel like he's the most talented. For Rocky sure. He's the most popular. Um, um, Dean is doing great in AEW. Um, uh, but Steph, Steph he, he can do anything. And um, he's won every major title. He's won a WWE championship. He's won a universal championship. He didn't, you know, you know he can be on top of that mountain whenever they want to be there. But I think he also doesn't have a problem putting people over. He put over Riddle. That, that few thought would be over, but they kept it going and he put Riddle over. He put Cody Rhodes over. Yeah. And, you know, he put Austin, well, kind of put Austin Theory over. I think he's going to put him over at the World. Well, I think they wrestling in like two weeks. can't remember. Um, I feel like he's going to put him over like stuff. Whatever you won't need him to do, ask him to do, he's going to do it. And, yeah, I have no problem with him being wrestler of the year. And uh, I have no problem with that pick. All right. Women. Let's move on to them. Best women's wrestler of the year. You know I have to go Bianca Belair. Not to say there's no other option, but it's hard to find anybody else. I mean, finally getting her redemption back against Becky Lynch at WrestleMania was an amazing moment. Has had a pretty solid championship reign since being champion. Uh, did she win the Elimination Chamber? Yes, I will say. Did she win the Elimination Chamber match? Bianca. I think she did. I think she did because, yes, because it was a Saudi Arabia, and I think it was between Becky and Lita for the championship, and whoever won the Elimination Chamber was going to face Becky. And I remember I picked Rhea. Yes. But from top to bottom, I mean, Bianca Belair has been the girl. Like I said, just like I said, the biggest thing was getting her redemption against Becky, having great matches continuously against Bailey, against uh, Damage Control. Um, just. She's just been it. And I mean, I think that WWE has really needed her this year, especially with the drama going on between Sasha Banks and Naomi, which has been hard to deal with. Charlotte's hardly been around since, what, May? Ronda Rousey sucks. Like, it's just, if there was anybody who needed to step up, it was Bianca. So she's the, in my opinion, it has to be her. So, uh, Bianca was mine too. So, Um, I, her, just my personal opinion, her reign has just been super memorable. Like besides Becky, uh, Becky, the, I feel like Triple H is doing it. They need to build up more female stars. And granted, Sasha and Naomi are gone. Those are some two big names for you. But like, yes, it has to be Bianca. Um, uh, yes, she had great matches with Bailey, but at the same time, I was one of the ones that feel like Bailey kind of should have won. She just came on. Uh, two um, people won a championship. Yeah, I and thought she was going to win. Yeah, sure. and I feel like it's kind of ruined Bailey because I'm a big Bailey fan. Mm. But, you know, that's not Bianca's fault. And Rhea, I almost said Rhea. Rhea hasn't had as many matches at all as Bianca this year. But it was just the fact that Rhea legit got over with the judgment day just for being a menace on the outside of the ring, picking up people and throwing them and stuff. Like, she didn't wrestle for a long time while she was in the judgment day. For a long time, she did not have a match. Unless it was like on house shows or whatever. But yeah, because like, she really, had a heart something. Because it was supposed to be her versus uh, Bianca at Money in the Bank. 
but she had a heart condition or something happened and the matches uh got put on ice and that's why she wasn't wrestling for a long time. Cause she's like, awesome. Like she's awesome. Like I was saying, so I was close to saying her, but um, I would say Bianca. But I hope like it's not making some stuff more memorable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, new I, new I, opponents. I, I she's not having good matches. It's more. I feel like they don't really give her story like a lot of time on. on like she probably just have like a segment and that's it. Like last night on Raw, she had one with Alexa Bliss, which was good. I like what they're doing with Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's um, all funny games till Alexa Bliss get beat up. up. Yeah, but they building it up. You know, they was friends, working with each other to take care of damage control. Like, that's the story there. They're supposed to be friends, but then Bray Wyatt's getting in getting Alexa's head, and then last night she smashed her over the head. So, this is get, this story's getting way more built. This is going to be, like, one of the most built she's had while she's had that reign, besides Becky. And Ronda, yeah. I don't hate Ronda, but at the same time, there's also on writing as well. Like, the writing hasn't been good. They did live Morgan wrong. But, you know, Liv Morgan, that's my girl. She deserved that championship. And I'm not mad she lost or whatever, but the writing for the SmackDown Women's Championship hasn't just been good. Not at all. The Raw Women's Championship hasn't been that great either. But I don't think that's keeping it great is Bianca because she's awesome. So, hey, she's an ESC. You already know how this. And Ronnie sucks. All right, best pay-per-view. Because she sucks. She she literally sucks. Like, everybody's harping on, like, the botch, um, botch sale or whatever against Shotzi, which was bad. Don't get me wrong. But, unfortunately, there are numerous accounts where Ronda has been garbage. Cheese. She's not good. She's not good. And that's not even just my personal feelings about her. She's just not a good freaking wrestler, and I wish she would go away. I can't wait till Charlotte comes back. Man, look, I'd rather not because I don't like her and I feel like she's going to threaten me. And that, actually, no, get her on the show because when she threatens me, I can like sue her and get a whole bunch of money because she threatened me. And I'll have it recorded. Yeah, yes, get Rhonda on the show. Yes, she is. I don't want her on the If I could get any wrestler on the show, it would not be Ronda Rousey. I'll tell you that much. You know what? For you, it would be Biggie. Well, now we're probably last. I mean, that's cool, too. I like Bobby. All right. I think you would, too. Support black businesses. All right. Best pay-per-view. Exactly. Best pay-per-view of the year. What would you pick? Uh, it's a lot of choices. Uh, I definitely love WrestleMania Night 1, Stone Cold. I freaking loved it. I did not expect to see Stone Cold wrestling. And to see him actually have a match with KO, again, like I said earlier, you can make anything great. That was an amazing match for me. I loved it. Night one was just good in general. It was um, really good. You could go with um, Clash at the Castle. That was amazing. I'm, it was um, cool seeing Broken Dreams back. That was my favorite part of the whole night. I'm not going to lie to you. He should have won. won the championship. But whatever. Um, I will have to say, after I thought about it for a long time, Extreme Rules. Okay. Uh, and I think the main reason I love the stream rules is how it started. It started with a banger, uh, brawling brutes versus a premium, and premium, and premium. Uh, Imperium. Imperium, thank you. That, that triple threat, not triple threat, like tag team triple threat. Mm-hmm, six man. Six man, thank you. It was just amazing. I remember just sitting here watching it. Uh, with my little cup, and it was in it, and it was just amazing. And um, it just got to show rolling 
and then who's our owner? I can't remember. I got you. I got you. It was a ladder match with Bianca and and Bailey. Uh, Seth Rollins versus uh Riddle in the fight pit. In the fight pit, um, Edge versus uh Finn Balor in the I Quit match, which was a banger. Yeah, right. Which was sick. I loved it. Um, it was uh Ronda versus Liv ill, but I did like the bat. The bat parts were cool. Yeah, I, 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 I like. I like that. A lot of people say this, by the way. I don't think they let Liv get that I'm still gonna call it a pay per view just because I'm not. <laughs> pe- I'm not gonna change. You feel like this? You gotta change. You gotta um, change. I am oh. changing. I am changing because I have. Oh. I am changing because I have a different answer than you, and I'm gonna say SummerSlam was my favorite. Yes, Bianca versus Becky was a really good el- episode. Gosh, really good pay per view. And then we got the returns. Uh, Bailey comes back from injury. EO Sky comes back, and I love me some EO Sky. It took me a while not to call her EO Shirai anymore. Dakota Kai comes back. I love me some Dakota Kai. Logan Paul puts on a really good match against the Miz, and had you thinking, hey, maybe, maybe he can do a little something, something. Hey. Exactly. Hello. Um, let's see. The Tribal Chief versus Brock Lesnar, which I ain't gonna lie. Going in, I was like, I'm not excited for this match. I'm sick of seeing them fight. And then the tractor, which <laughs> I I'm just gonna leave that there. So, and I mean it was the first pay-per-view under Triple H. So no, nah, SummerSlam did it for me. SummerSlam was cool. Yes. Uh, I say it, it, it was the best for me when he actually picked up Paul Heyman and gave him the L5. Fair. I said that Paul just really picked an L5? <laughs> like, Paul. Paul's like, getting oh his butt gosh. kicked. Like, Paul, can you, are you okay? And the best dice on the cake was Paul was gone for a couple of episodes. He was selling it. Yeah. I don't know if he was actually selling it or hurt, but he was, he was not on SmackDown for a couple of episodes. But, um, um, ah, that's a good pick. That's a real good pick. Um, again, Logan is way better than everybody would like to admit because his match inside Arabia with Roman was pretty good. Like, when have you ever seen somebody doing a frog splash with the phone in the hand? That was cool. Like, nobody, I, I don't want to call anybody. Also, Theory didn't even do that. And his whole gimmick was having the phone in his hand. Yes, facts. Now, Austin <laughs> Theory was just, now, Loki, when I think of Clash at the Castle, like, during that. Drew versus Roman match. All I think about is like when he gets punched in the face by Tyson Fury because that was so random. It was so random. Anyway, I think it's like no build for it. I haven't heard anything Nothing. But it, 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 I guess it makes sense now because it's like, look at him now. But okay. What was your, what was the best match of the year in your opinion? This was probably the hardest one for me to pick. Yeah, there's been a lot of great matches. Um, just the whole year, it's hard to remember some of the matches that you only can think of your recent ones, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Like I brought up Stone Cold versus KO. <laughs> it's not like he was one of the best ever. It was just the fact that Stone Cold's wrestling again. And it's not trash. <laughs> like, this is actually good. And I just absolutely love the end where KO went for the chair hit and it bounced off the rope, hit him in the head, and he got stunned. I think that was just amazing. I loved it. I love that um, spot. <laughs> I don't I, I didn't I didn't really have an answer because it's so hard to remember a lot of matches. Uh, I went back with the Brawling Groups versus uh Imperium and Extreme Rules because I just loved it. That was a great match. With Gunther versus um, Sheamus Banger. That, that that was just like I can see it that I'm like um there's no way they can have another one, you know, and then when they had their team with them, it was just amazing. Um <sighs> I don't know. There's just so many bangers this year. I'm gonna have to go with that. Uh, I'm pretty sure you got another one that's gonna jog my memory. I had an answer, but as because I'm, 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 I'll admit I'm cheating. I'm looking at my pay per view recaps to help me kind of remember what happened. And you know what? I yeah. At first, I had Cody versus Seth at WrestleMania, which is probably a lot of people's pick, and rightfully so. Okay. Okay. But the oost. But yeah, the torn pack does it for you. Yeah, I get that. You couldn't wrestle a match with the torn pack? No, I would have did it. I mean, I wasn't purple. But yeah, that was my pick. Uh, Well, the WrestleMania match. But upon further review and reflection, I have to think about the match that I felt the most. And I have to say the Usos versus the Street Profits at Money in the Bank. That was that was one of the best tag team matches I have ever seen. And like, I'm, I genuinely felt like, oh damn, the Street Profits could do it. The Street Profits could win! And they got screwed in the end which sucked, but oh my gosh, like if anybody ever needed any evidence of how good the Street Profits are, not just Montez, not just Angelo, but together, that's what did it. Because everybody knows the Usos are a cohesive unit. The Usos are going to put on banger after banger after banger. Sorry, Seamus, for stealing your tagline. But the, but the Street Profits, oh my gosh, they were amazing. And to this day, like I'm still shocked that they didn't end up breaking up. Because I thought, especially if they lost at SummerSlam, like, it was going to sow the seeds of Montez going out on his own, especially because he had that match against Seth and was doing some solo stuff. But, man. Yeah. But, man, that, that match was great. I just thought it was about to break up. Especially by, I just did Montez up the roof. He was like, I'm not losing. I can't remember if was Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. But I didn't remember when Money in the Bank. And I, I think it was SummerSlam. Lost, so I definitely thought, you know, I definitely thought it was about to lose, uh, break up. Um, Side question. I saw a post that was like uh, the New Day and um, the Usos are pretty much like Brock and Roman, but they in the tag team division. I think they're better. They're better. I would give them more credit than that. So, like, just like, you know, on par, well, who would you compare the Usos to? Who would you compare the New Day to in the tag division? I, I got you. I got you. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, a great robbery. Because, like, when I see the Usos versus the New Day, I I don't think any of their match, none of their matches have been bad. And none of their matches have been like, oh, this again. Like, each time they step in that ring, 
it's been a banger. So like, that's why I said, I don't think that Brock and Roman are a great comparison because their matches kind of get a little one note and a bit dry. So give me a minute. Let me think. You know what? I got, no, no, I'm not gonna use that one. Uh, She's hard, ladies and She's I, I really, I really am. I'm trying to think of a singles feud that does them justice. Um, two people who put on banger on banger on banger. I almost said Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Like, I know that the the backstory is very different, but just in terms of like connection, oh when yeah, when they get in the ring, it's magic. Uh, I, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. And another side note. Sorry for a bunch of side notes. I just speaking of the new day. I just remember like another thing Vince messed up. It was like King in a ring. That was and stupid. All it took was Kofi to beat Jenna. Then the next week we could have had Kofi versus Xavier Woods in the finals. Everybody wanted to see that, but Vince was like, "Nah, I'm gonna get Jinder Mahal to win." Hey, I mean, he on my payroll. I might as well have him do something. Yes, but who No, I, I agree that that mention happened. Okay, I found a better comparison. Um, I'm going to say Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Okay, I definitely see that. I definitely see that. Speaking of NXT, who they are yet to NXT fans and Props to them, because not going to lie to you, still haven't watched much NXT, but I heard they put on a banger, and that's all that matters. And plus, they weren't going to do – it's not like they were going to win the, the WWE's uh, Unified Tag title, so I mean – Yeah, don't gotta see. Word. All right, we're getting on a tangent. Next up, WTF moment of the year. It that means it could be something that would made you like a mad WTF, a shock WTF, like a happy WTF, like just something that you absolutely were not expecting this year. And I'm sure it's been a lot, but what would you say was the biggest one for you? That's a good one. Mine is easily Brock in the tray in the tractor. Like I've never seen anybody come to a ring with the tractor. And not only did this man bring the tractor, but like he flipped the the ring over. <laughs> that was amazing. No, straight up. Yeah. No, for real. So yeah, that's that's my WTF moment, for sure. I'm it's I'm sure it's plenty. Another good, this is a good WTF moment because I literally just watched this, but like uh, Becky versus Bianca at WrestleMania and Bianca's entrance with uh, TSU's band, that was uh, dope. Yeah. That was so cool. Oh, uh, yeah, another WTF moment for me 
Yes. And then the very next day. <laughs> yeah. No, that's shock. No, I was so shocked by that because I was, I, like I said, I haven't really watched NXT, but like I knew like Mandy Rose like totally reinvented herself and became that girl in NXT. And all of a sudden, like she loses the title. And you're like, okay, maybe she'll get called up to Raw SmackDown. Nah, bro, she don't work here no more. Crazy shenanigans. But all right. Only a couple more awards left to give out. So normally we do best return, but in honor of Triple H, bring it back down there, everybody since taking over. What would you say has been the best Triple H return? Bro, uh, he hasn't even wrestled yet. I think he's just the connection. What is he going to do? You know, his mind is just crazy and amazing. Um, even though I know a lot of people, I mean, his writing, that's the Fiend one the best. But I love when he do debuts. I'll never forget when he, he debuted the Fiend character. First of all, like, he's just this kid show guy, which was interesting because you can tell he was crazy. So, so weird. He, mm-hmm. he, he was weird, but it was, it was a good weird. Like, he's crazy. He's weird, but he knows what he's doing. Then, like, out of nowhere, the Fiend pops up. I'm just like, what the crap? Like, bro, dude, your mind is just amazing. So I kind of hate how they did the Fiend a little bit. Um, But... I'm excited to see what he's doing. Like, I'm lost right now, fully what he's doing in a good way. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm just going to trust him. So I would say that's one of his biggest, uh, one of his best returns. Um, yeah, because Cody Rose loved his. No. Um, he brought so many people back. I know, right? I, I love when Dexter Lewis came back. I did like that. I like how they did it. It's falling off. I need to find something else to do. Um... I do like they brought back the Elias character, even though he wasn't like fired, you know. But they brought back the Elias. You know, I like the. You like the Ezekiel. I like, I like a little. Like I feel like Elias, he worked hard to put that character, on, and I liked it. And um. Shout out to Kevin know, Owens for making that work, because I don't think anybody else could have made that work. Probably Sami Zayn. That's probably the only other person I can think. Yeah, but but he was kicking with the bloodline. Ko made it way more. He made it better than what it should have been. Yes. Way better. And then he even brought it up like last last week. He was like, hey, Kevin, can you help me? He was like, you forget what you did to me this year? And then he was like, you attack me? He was like, well, you attacked Ezekiel. He was like, y'all the same person. <laughs> Love but, it. Uh, I, I kind of like that little notch. Uh, nah, but uh, I'm going to go with Bray. I'm going to go with uh, This probably an easy choice, though. That's an easy one. Okay, I got, a two, I got a two for one special, and I'm going Dakota Kai and EO Sky, two stalwarts okay. of the NXT Women's Division. Um, it sucked when Dakota guy got cut because I was like, really? That's crazy. And then EO, I mean, I was just so excited to see what she'd be able to do going up against different people. She was a terrific NXT Women's Champion and she was gone. And so having them both come back, one, I think that it provided a much-needed boost to the women's tag team division because especially after Sasha and Naomi left for months, it was just kind of like there. And then it was like that once they were like, hey, we're going to have a tournament for the women's tag titles, and it was never revisited. They never did it, never talked about it. But then I think with the forming of damage control and having these two women back, one, it gives WWE two incredibly talented women. Two, like I said, it adds a big boost to the women's division. And three, like, it creates so many dream matches. Soon we're going to get Asuka versus EO, which is going to go in freaking sane. Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae was just a banger. Um, and it's just going to be more bangers to come with these women. So I would say they're the best women. 
Her, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, their matches in NXT were some of my favorites of the past few years, for sure. I forgot to mention this earlier, and that is uh Bailey. I like Bailey, like even though she hasn't been on a winning thing, she makes everything great too. Uh, yeah, I, I like Bailey. I, a lot of people do. I've just never been a fan. I like the heel Bailey more than the face. Oh, a hundred billion percent. Yes. So I guess I should more say I like the the heel Bailey. Agreed. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you there. All right, last but certainly not least. You know, we the expert like getting a little bold. We like we like predicting the future. So, going into twenty twenty three, what is your bold prediction for the wrestling year? Oh, uh, returns or just overall? Just in general, just something okay, out of why that seems crazy, but you you genuinely believe it's going to happen. Oh, this doesn't seem crazy. This is going to be last night's draw with MVP showing up, trying to talk about Bobby. My hurt is finally coming back. Facts. Now, who's going to, you know, um, I would love, because almost has nothing to do, I would love for almost to be in this new variation of the Hurt Business. I don't think you need to get rid of him. You can have MVP, Bobby, almost, and maybe somebody else. I don't know if they're going to bring Sheldon and, um, and, um, um, we got the other guy's name. Uh, uh, you talking about my main man, Cedric Alexander? Thank you. I don't know if they're going to be back in it, but I'm excited with, uh, Couple more predictions. I'm happy that he's going to be back. I do have uh, Cody Rose coming back and taking one of the titles. I'm thinking WWE title off of um, Roman Reigns because we guess we need a we did, we need a world title. Yes. Um, uh, another ball prediction. I don't know who do you have to take the belt off of Bianca. I don't know who you get for that. <laughs> I got an answer. I definitely got an answer. Okay, because uh, I'm assuming um, Becky's going to take it off of Ronda. Thank God. Uh, or I think it's going to be Charlotte off of Ronda. I don't know. You, they did Charlotte versus Ronda last WrestleMania. So Charlotte versus Ronda last WrestleMania. So I'm assuming they're going to do Becky. I don't, but if they do that, then Becky has to go to SmackDown, which means Seth has to go to SmackDown because they don't break up married couples. I mean, it's, it's possible. You know what I mean? It's very possible to see Seth on that. Because if you get Cody Rose back in the you got Cody on Raw. True. You still got Kevin Owens. True. You still got Kevin Owens to be a way more bigger person than he's been. You still got Jimmy got Garner. You're going to have Chopper back. You're going to have a lot of people to uh, own Raw. That's right. Okay, but then. And you get Seth over there to take the Universal title off. Okay. But what about Drew? What do you do about Drew? Well, Drew's not taking Drew's in a bad situation. Drew probably needs to come to Raw. Yes, that's what I was uh, thinking. I think he would need to come to Raw. Yeah, I'm not um, feeling it either. It's been kind uh, of disappointing. I, 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 would, I would keep carrying Cross over there. Maybe he could be with Sheamus. We still got Gunther over there, which is pretty good. And Braun just everywhere, absolutely. No, um, he can he can go back home. Triple H didn't have to give him a job again. He was he was fine where he was at. I like Braun. I would love that. All right, bet, bet, bet. Um, my bold prediction, since you gave a few, my number one is I think Adam Cole comes back to the WWE. Really? Yes. I I, I know it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but hear me out. Vince isn't in control anymore. It's Triple H. And 
Adam Cole was Triple H's boy. And we saw just how great he was utilized in NXT. And in AEW, he's been utilized. But now he has actually, he may not be able to wrestle again. Like, if his concussions are as bad as, like, advised. Um, So between that and just AEW, like, even when he was there, his role was kind of weird. Like, everybody knows who he is. But I don't think he's had the star power that he has had since when he was in WWE. And like I said, Triple H knows him so well. I think that he could bring them back, bring back an undisputed era and they could really take over the business. And I could see him becoming a world champion, not being a Roman, but being somebody else to become world champion. So that's my boldest prediction. You ask who I think is going to take the belt off of Bianca. Oh, that's going to be Rhea Ripley. And it's happening at WrestleMania, wow. which I one of my bold predictions is they're going to main event WrestleMania. I've been clamoring for this match forever. Bianca wants it. Rhea wants it. Trip, just make it happen. If you want, you can hire me on, like, for creative. And I can just, my sole job could be booking this feud. And that's fine. I'll do it. I will dedicate all my time to this feud because I want this match so bad. So that's my second bold prediction. And then do I have a third? No, I don't I don't know if I have a third. Okay. Um another bold one. Randy comes back. I know he's gonna get some tough injury right now, but he comes back and he might like I have Cody win a championship off of Robert when he comes back. Maybe Randy comes back and wins the championship off of Cody. I love that. <laughs> If they split the titles up, I could see Finn doing it. And low key, I could see just to keep Dominic Mysterio kind of like in the mix, I could see him winning like the United States Championship. Not off of Austin Theory, he'd have to win it off of a face. But like with the help of Rhea Ripley, I could see that happening. Or if it's, oh, this isn't a bold prediction, but it's something that needs to happen. I want Ray versus Dominic Mysterio at WrestleMania. Yes, I do. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what's going to do it. It's like his dad is going to help him through it. Like, you know, they can train and get right. I think Dominic's going to win the match. But I do think that I think Ray is going to get him right for that match. Because I think, unfortunately, Dom has not had any really good matches since Seth. But I mean, it's, it's Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has a good match with anybody. But I think just given that time, he's working with some greats. Like, Rhea's amazing. Finn Balor is awesome. Damian Priest is absolutely no slouch. And then his father. And then if he can work with Ed some, too, which I can see that happening because I don't think that door is closed yet. I think it's going to be dope. Oh, okay. My last bold prediction, and we got to get out of here. <laughs> the Rock will not be at WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to face Roman. I know everybody's thinking it's going to happen. They're going to be in LA, Hollywood, blah, blah. I don't see it happening. I don't think it serves. I don't think it does WWE any good to have The Rock face him. And I don't think it does The Rock any good. Who cares? Who would you put in for the third? I don't know. You got to put somebody in. Just like they did with Edge and Roman and Daniel Bryan. 
but I feel like Roman versus Edge by itself. I'm not saying it wasn't going to be good, but Edge not being fully back, just coming back, dusting the rust off. You really want to put that scenario in the main event? You put Daniel Bryan in there, which can um, I thought he was going to take the pin, but Roman stacked both of them. But um, you can help out with that. Yeah. The reason Stone Cold had a good match because it was KO. Roman, I don't see Roman just carrying the Rock. Yeah. A match. I don't know if the Rock even wrestle anymore. He ain't wrestling forever. The last time he wrestled with John Cena, they were he bad. Had like multiple surgeries. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's why I say it'd be a wonderful build up, but I feel like it should be a triple threat. I don't know. Put Jay Uso in there. Break the whole thing up. I don't know. Do what you got to do, um, you know, for that scenario. I mean, even if the Rock comes back, he's not going to win. So my question last is if the Rock doesn't do it, who, 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 who's he going to find in WrestleMania? Cody. And because I, and um, I could see them like making him wrestle like both nights, like as a way to split up the belts. Cody and I don't know the second person would be honestly. And like if it if they were to go the triple threat route, I mean it can't be Jey Uso. He gonna be busy fighting Kevin Owens and Sammy Sammy Zayn. Silly. Oh, you're right. You're right. But I feel like if it's gonna be like The Rock and Roman, you have to put somebody like in that stratosphere. And as much as I hate to say it and I don't want it to happen, I could I think like the only person who could kind of work would be like a John Cena. Just because like Oh, he shouldn't do it, but I'm saying like somebody who legitimately could believe could win that match. No. No, nah, real talk, real talk. Okay, after this, I promise we're going to end it. In a perfect world, I would have Triple H take the titles off of Roman Reigns. And I know everybody's like, what? Like, Triple H, that's terrible. He's burying talent. But hear me out. Like, I made you. I can end you. Like, that could literally be Triple H's thing. And he could... This, this. No, 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 no. But hear me out. Look, we're going to talk about this after the show. Like, in depth. But just hear me out. Vince was, Roman was Vince's boy. Everybody knows this. Triple H takes over. He could be like, man, I don't got to listen to you. You just filling in for your dad, father-in-law's shoes. You don't run nothing. You'll never be Vince. And just keep sowing the seeds of disrespect to Triple H. And be like, you must not know who I am. I'm the king of kings. I'm the game. You don't want it. And I know that he can't wrestle anymore. But look, all I'm saying is, man. But okay, nah. We we already saw uh we already saw Roman knock Shane block off in a Survivor Series. Nah, for real. But okay, that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. More importantly, thank you so much, Embryo, for being on the show. It's such a blast getting to talk to you. All right, anything you want to say to the listeners before we close out? You want to hype up your Grizzlies? You want to hype up the fact that? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you all next time.